1: Once again, back here at headquarters, Sekou Smith on the Hang Time Podcast. My main man, Lang Whitaker, in New York. Yo, what's happening, man? What's going on? Listen, we got a crazy show lined up this week. <laughs> Anytime you have Bill Walton in the building, and that's theoretically, of course, but on the show, um, you know right. it's going to be absolutely nuts. And we will chat with him shortly about the MVP rest, MVP race. Excuse me, resting players. You know, kind of what he sees on the basketball landscape.
2: That is that is, if we can get a question in.
1: Well, listen, I figure we get at least two, <laughs> and then he Maybe. gives his answers, and there we go.
2: <laughs> we'll see.
1: I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, he's one of my favorite people to listen to talk about basketball or much anything else. Um, and I know you've spoken to him about his book.
2: Yeah. I interviewed him last year when his book, Back from the Dead, came out. Right. Um, and now it's coming back out in paperback. So they called, and they were like, do you want to talk to him again? And I was like, how about we get him on the podcast?
1: <laughs> Speaking of back to the de- from the dead, your boy is back from the ashes in Bragging Rights, Rice, but we'll get to that later as well. I know you're feeling the burn.
2: I got put in the muse cage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but before we get to, to all that stuff, uh, there, there are tons, I mean, just a ridiculous amount of storylines around the league here down the stretch of the season. What, two and a half weeks left yeah. in this regular season. And, you know, Cleveland is, is battling to hold on to their number one spot. In the Eastern Conference playoff chase, Malcolm Brogdon, the rook in the Bucks, knocked the Celtics out of number one momentarily. John Hartzell is somewhere, you know, pumping his fist about that. The race for eight in the West, my big man, Nurkic, balling out, doing his thing. Went at his former team, Denver, the other night in a, in a fantastic game to Trailblazers won. Kevin Durant is back on the men, looking like he's going to make it back uh, in the Warriors' rotation and lineup before the regular season ends, maybe a game or two. Uh, mm-hmm. He may get in if, if they decide to push it. I don't know the way they're playing right now. Why push it? What's the, you know, what's the rush? And then there's Russ and James Harden. You know, these two guys scrapping for the, the Kia MVP down the stretch of this season. Russ put up a 57-point triple-double in an overtime 57 points
2: Westbrook across the timeline he's trapped he fires he scores you're gonna have to pardon me while I pass out
1: highest scoring triple double on record and crazy as it is we've had four 50 point triple doubles this season two for Russ two for Harden I mean could you get any closer on, on you know, this.
2: There, you've been you've been following the MVP race very closely all season long as you update the MVP ladder for for dot com. Um, uh, I think we're getting to the point where the fun police are coming out. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Wait a minute,
1: what? Are you talking? <laughs> there was a
2: There was a story like going around on Twitter and stuff last week about how a, a triple doubles. Like, why do we put so much stock in a triple double? Right. It was like, you know, it's just because it's round numbers, and that's yeah. all people care about. It's round numbers. And sure. Things just, with a zero at the end. Just
1: because it hasn't been done in freaking
2: Yeah, I'm like, okay, know, great. 50 who years? Else did it? Yeah. <laughs> Show me the other guys who did it the last 50 years, because yeah. I don't think anyone else has done it. I don't care if it's a round number or it has a nine or a one <laughs> next to it. <laughs> I don't no care if one it's a prime it. number.
1: I don't care yeah. what it is.
2: <laughs> I, I, the fun police are out now, and we're, we're not allowed to to uh, celebrate guys having triple doubles anymore, apparently. Oh.
1: I'm, I'm not on. I'm not on that train, and you know I'm, I'm as curmudgeon as anybody. Yeah. Sometimes about certain topics, but this is remar- I mean it's remarkable what's going on.
2: Unbelievable. I've said everything I can say about Russ, and look, Harden's made this as close a race as it can be. Or you could argue the other way. Russ has made it as close a race as it right. can be. I, I, I can make a great case for either one of those two guys. I think in my mind, Russ still has the edge, but mm-hmm. I'm not making any decisions until this thing's over with.
1: The, the sheer outlandishness of the numbers they keep putting up. I mean, yeah. they just had a so-called showdown Sunday. Right. You know, when James Harden gets a triple-double, 22 points, 12 assists. I'm sorry, it didn't, didn't get the triple-double, but got 22 and 12. His team shot 63% from the floor, and they beat the Thunder. Russ got the triple-double.
2: But Harden didn't shoot that well, right? Right.
1: Harden had a yeah. – but I'm saying – are we now gonna like determine this based on the last however many games these guys play over the course of a season where they've both been just jaw-droppingly good?
2: I guess we can take Kawhi out after the game last night when they lost to the Warriors. Then yeah, but that's I mean, how we're doing it.
1: I almost feel like we had to put Steph back in the mix. The I know way he's been playing. It's interesting. Kobe Bryant thinks we should have co-MVPs, and I know I'm I am the uh, the Lone Ranger in amongst the nba.com stable of writers who doesn't think that's such a ridiculous idea. And I am not saying I hope it happens or I think it should happen. I'm just saying if it were in the stars that that's the way it fell, yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be upset about that.
2: I wouldn't be upset about it either. I just I'm not allowed to pick co-mvps. Right. That, that was to me that was the question. It was like, well, maybe it's great if we have co-mvps, but I don't have that luxury. I have to pick one. You know, in the I guess in the Muse Cage they have different voting rules, but <laughs> all gotta, the rules <laughs>
1: are different in the Muse Cage, baby.
2: I was like, you know, we can have Mamba Doubt, but I <laughs> I can't I got to pick one or the other, and I'm gonna I'm so far I'm, I, I I don't want to make that decision. I want to keep watching this thing and letting it ride out. Well, let's just play another 82. Yeah,
1: let's just let them play year round basketball. Keep going. Well, basically, <laughs> basically do anyway. So. I I don't know. I don't know if it's fair to ask everybody every week to keep telling us who our MVP pick is. I think we should let that ride.
2: <laughs> you have to write a column about it. Anyway. I know,
1: but I'm saying I think we should let it ride until the the season's over. I'm I'm not gonna. I'm no longer answering people's questions when asked. Who who's your pick for MVP? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Like literally, I don't know. It changes by the hour, by the performance. It really does. And I feel bad for the guys who are like, you know, six through ten. I mean, they're getting thrown into a discussion that really doesn't in, it doesn't involve them at all. Yeah. Um, you know, and really, LeBron, Kawhi, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall—great seasons, fellas. You, you've been great. But it's really about these these two guys. It's about Russ and James, in whichever order you have them. If one of those two guys doesn't win, I want to know which Russian hackers, you know. <laughs> have have attacked our election because there's no way anybody but one of those two guys win.
2: Have the Cavaliers played LeBron out of this discussion the last two weeks? Yes.
1: I absolutely think so. Yeah. And I I think he won't admit it because he's got bigger issues to deal with, but I'm sure it's burning him up because he's got a career-high 10 triple-doubles this year. Right. He's playing his tail off. His numbers are as good as they've been since he's been back in Cleveland. They're coming off quenching a 52-year title drought if anybody had a right to take it easy this season, it's LeBron. But in most seasons, his numbers would be legitimate and good enough for him to be in the conversation for winning this award. And I don't think he's—I don't think he has a shot this
2: year. Well, it's a good thing he's not averaging a triple double because we'd have to take him out of the, the discussion.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think he has a shot whatsoever. Yeah, as good as he's been, and I—and I maintain there's voter fatigue where LeBron is concerned. I don't care what anybody I, says. I agree. Um, I, I still believe in my heart of hearts that that that's involved. But let's enough of our, our musings about the MVP race, which we do every week here on the Hangtime Podcast. I mean, it never fails. We've been talking about it for months. Let's talk to somebody else who might have a, a totally unique perspective on this race and plenty of other things surrounding the world ba- of basketball and beyond. Um, Hall of Famer and all-time great Bill Walton joining us for the first time here on the Hangtime Podcast.
3: Hey, Hang Time. I love Hang Time. I love flying. I love being high. I love being up above the crowd and just like saying, oh my God, is this just the greatest view ever? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Hang Time, that was Elgin Baylor. That was Connie Hawkins. That was Dr. J. That was David Thompson. And then Michael Jordan. Oh my gosh. Michael Jordan the guy who proved that Copernicus, Galileo, Isaac <laughs> Newton, and and Albert Einstein knew nothing what they were talking about in terms of physics and gravity because that guy was the personification of excellence in everything on and off the court. How are you guys doing today, Lang and Sekou?
1: We're great, Bill. How are you, sir?
3: I've never been better. I'm 64 years old. I've never been busier. I've never been... Happier, and I haven't been this healthy since I was 13 years old. I'm on fire. I'm on my way to the Final Four. I'm in my hometown sitting in my living room at home. It's just been a spectacular day. I was down at the Y this morning swimming early in the pool. If you were in San Diego, I have no idea what part of this solar system you're in right now, but (laughs) if you were in San Diego right now, at this very moment, you would say, this is perfection. This is Michael Jordan this is the greatest place on earth. Yes, And I'm the like, this guy in the world because I get to live in my hometown. LeBron gets to live in his hometown or just down the road from it at least. And in the world of basketball, in the world of entertainment, that very rarely happens. But right. I thank my parents every day, every day. My dad passed 13 years ago or so. My mom's still alive, 90 years old. Talk to her wow. every night before I go to bed. She lives in the same house we all grew up in. Oh, wow. And I always tell her, I always tell her the same thing. As I initiate the phone call, I go to bed before she does. And I say, <laughs> yay, Mom. Yay, San Diego. Yay, California. Thanks for the greatest <laughs> life ever. And her response is always the same. Say, Billy, did you ever get a job? <laughs> and I'm going to be able to tell her tonight that I was on the phone with Lang and Sekou. And she'll say, well, what were you young men talking about? Talking oh, about I, basketball, of course. Basketball, the world's greatest game. Unbelievable. <laughs> All you have to do is wait for the opening tip, and then who's in shape? Who's got a game? Who can play and who really wants this? And I loved basketball because it was a way to express myself. I'm a lifelong stutterer. I grew up idolizing Bill Russell, still my favorite player to this very day. And there's a new player coming down the path right now in Lonzo Ball who is just so spectacular but what I loved about Bill Russell is that on every single possession and this is what I tried to do with my game with my own life I tried as Bill did Bill Russell succeeded he made a positive contribution on every single possession it wasn't always credited with a statistical accomplishment It wasn't always about analytics. It wasn't always about numbers, but it was about making that commitment. I'm going to help. I'm going to make this better. And that was the world, the culture that I grew up in, and I still try to live in this very day. And when I watch Lonzo Ball here, although Lonzo did not finish the season strong at all. I mean, during the course of the regular season, he was just, just torching everybody. And, and, And he made really good players looked like they were just club league guys, you know, down at the church league. Uh, But then, you know, they got in the the Pac-12 tournament up in Las Vegas, and Arizona made Lonzo. And the Bruins looked like they did not belong at all. And then against Kentucky, wow! This guy Fox, what yeah. a player! Oh my gosh, Magic Johnson, he's going to have a really, really tough call to make there. And that's why, you know, you—I mean, that's why the stability and the continuity is so incredibly important. And, and and that's what the the Warriors have right now, particularly with Jerry West, who you know, who just kind of sits there and doesn't let anybody make any. Just, egregious mistakes there but then over the course of the last you know couple generations here with san antonio and what popovich and what rc buford and all the guys there and peter holt you know that culture down there is just absolutely incredible uh what a game last night though i, I tell you the terrible start for the warriors and then the strong finish and yeah. wow Incredible! I love the NBA. I love basketball.
2: Well, first of all, Bill, uh, thanks for letting us get a word in here, Edgewise, because I, I, I want to <laughs> promote your book. Uh, "Back from the Dead" is out in paperback, and I, I spoke to you about a year ago when the book came out. Right. Um, re- as as you, it lad. was coming out, um, what was the? Uh, you were about when I spoke to you. You were about to kind of go out and promote the book and talk to people. What was the reception like
3: uh, for you? It was tremendous. It was tremendous, and uh, New York Times best-selling book. And it's just done very well. And the response from the fans, the response from the readers has just been overwhelming. You know, one of the nicest things in my life is that, you know, people are, people are kind. People are generous. People are warm hearted. And, 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 and they express that to me, and and that makes you it makes you feel high. I mean, it, it it just makes you feel fantastic. And as as I go around in my life now, and in, in all the different places that I end up every single day, and I I'm not even sure where half of them are, <laughs> because I, you know, because just this week, I mean, I have spent more time this week thinking as I prepare for the final four, right? I've been sp- spending more time thinking this week in the last couple of days about South Carolina than mm. I have in the entire rest of my life. <laughs> and, and this one question just keeps popping up in my life. I mean, why are there two Carolinas? And, 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 and how that negatively impacts our great state of California here. But we'll try to figure that out as we get to Phoenix in the Final Four. But as I go around and I, and I run into people who, who are UCLA fans or just basketball fans or Celtics Celtic fans, uh, Blazer fans, and it just—it's just absolutely incredible, you know—the memories that they stir in in me. Because I'm always about tomorrow. I mean, I I learn from the past. I live in the moment. But I'm always dreaming about tomorrow. And so when, when I went out on this book tour, and with well, a book like this, it's a never-ending book tour. Right. Congratu- speaking of never-ending tours, congratulations to Bob Dylan. He'll be in, uh, <laughs> in Sweden this weekend, for the, and he's actually going to receive his Nobel Prize. And so way to go, Bob. Thanks for our lives. Thanks <laughs> for our series of dreams. Thanks for everything. Nobel Prize for Literature well deserved and long overdue, we love all things, Bob Dylan, but when I went out on this book tour, just the the response the you know the people who, you know who who were impacted by the stories, by the challenges by the by the exuberance, by the exaltations, by the uh, celebrations of life that basketball has always been for me, but also about the the difficulties and the challenges and the failures and the disappointments. Because nobody has made more mistakes, nobody has failed more than I have. But what I have learned over the nat- these now 64 years that uh, you got to get up and get going again, and you can't. You can't just sit there and wallow around in the muck. And and, and that's why one of the things that I always try to, to impress upon the, you know, the young people that I, I work with as a volunteer mentor on a constant basis is that don't worry so much about the finish. Just get started because you can't finish unless you start. So get going in the game of life and don't wait for the ball. Don't wait for the game of life to fall right in your lap. Go get it done. Go chase it down. No doubt. Bill
1: Walton joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. Bill, you mentioned Portland. I've been up there for playoff games in recent years and observed the basketball culture in Portland. It seems to me that it's something that really is underrated, just how passionate the fans are there about basketball. Was it like that when you got there, or did it come after the championship in Portland? When
3: I first got there 43 years ago, they had never won more than 38 games in one season. They had never sold more than half the house. Yeah. My first two years there were a disaster because I was always hurt. When I joined the NBA, I had, I had rarely encountered anyone in my life. I, I had the greatest childhood ever. I had rarely encountered anyone as a child who did not have my best interests at heart. And then I joined the NBA. And things have ever, ever, totally changed from that point on. But, but what, what made the Blazers this incredible, fantastic powerhouse and, and economic engine, the golden goose just driving the train, was the acquisition through the dispersal draft of Maurice Lucas through a trade. And that's a long story, mm-hmm. how it a- actually went down. And then when Jack Ramsey came and replaced Lenny Wilkins, Lenny was a brilliant coach who never got the chance to coach the way he wanted to. It was an expansion team when we all got there. and yeah. I got there in the fourth year. Maurice and Jack got there in the seventh year. And Maurice became the greatest teammate that I've ever had. And had endless stories about what made him so great and his willingness to step to the front in the most challenging and direst of moments, and say his favorite phrase, I'll take care of this. And then Jack Ramsey, who was able to convince management ownership what Lenny Wilkins was unable to convince. Their message, Lenny's and Jack's, were the same, that we need different players, that chemistry is not good here, and we've got to get uh, guys who – Get along, who had the same vision, who had the same purpose and, and, and mission in life. And so uh, w- w- when they allowed Jack to do what Lenny was denied, Jack was able to completely revamp the team. We became the youngest team to ever win the championship. We have, to this day, the fastest backcourt in the history of the NBA. Lionel Hollins, Johnny Davis, and Dave Tordzik. Oh, my God. Just up and down. Maurice and I, all we had to do was just throw the ball out there. And then they would run it down. And then we had Bob Gross, who was just this magical glue player who, no matter what the situation was, Bobby always outplayed his opponent, whether it was Scott May. Whether it was Cassie Russell, whether it was David Thompson, whether it was Dr. J, Bob Gross was just absolutely brilliant. And I'm just so happy and proud to have been his teammate and so privileged that when I'm there now in the Motor Center today and I look up and I see Bobby's number 30 hanging just brilliantly and beautifully high above the rafters. Yes, it's such a special place. And now to have the college, Oregon, Eugene, just down the road, in the, in the final four. I mean, I, I got my Oregon shirt. I, I am Oregon <laughs> proud right now. It's just fantastic. And the, to, to know all the business people who have spent their entire lives trying to, to build up this place. Because, you know, Oregon, please read the book. The Oregon Trail, it's a a very recent book by Rinker Buck. It'll tell you the whole history of the greatest land migration in the history of the world, of people coming from the east of our great country all the way to Oregon. The Willamette Valley was the destination. That was the promised land, and right there at the very southern end, because the Willamette Valley... It runs south to north, which is very unusual in North America to have the rivers run south to north. But Mm -hmm. this place is so special, so spectacular. And to see what people like Phil Knight and Pat Kilkenny and Rob Mullins and Tim Boyle and all these different business people, entrepreneurs who have just given their entire life to to help Oregon and to make it better, and now they're in the final four. And who would have ever thought? Because when Boucher went down, man, everybody said, oh, it's over. It's not going to happen. But one man gathers what another man spills, and Jordan Bell has just risen. And... Uh, 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 Tyler Dorsey and uh, Dylan Brooks, and what a team. We're going to have so much fun over there. Yeah. <laughs> Even though I'll be broadcasting uh, uh, with Jim Gray and, and, and Howard Denneroff on Westwood One Radio over there, uh, we're going to have a fantastic time. Come on, let's go. I hope the Ducks win, but they've got a gargantuan task there. North Carolina, wow. These guys are real good. Joel Berry, Justin Jackson, and then the big guy, Kennedy Meeks inside May, the guy that hit the jumper. They got the Hall of Famer Uh and Roy Williams. What a big blue machine they've got. But I was there last year. I was there last year in the same situation, North Carolina. They were right there, and they had that game, and then little Archie. That's what's great about basketball. Guys like <laughs> little Archie can just come along and just be the best player in the game, in the world, and, and 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 that's why this whole story of Lonzo Ball, you know, coming along and just wow. You know who would have ever thought? Because <laughs> uh, I mean nobody knew he was going to be this good. And yeah. And the question is, first of all, if they knew he was going to be this good, every one of his games would have been on national television <laughs> this year. And, and and that's how you know because the TV guys they know. And, right. and, and but but what happened? What happened uh w- w- with Fox? I mean, tell you, the magic. That that's a tough tough choice. No question.
2: Bill, I wanted to uh you mentioned UCLA br- briefly earlier. Right. Um I I remember last year I when I was talking to you i asked you to rank some so i can't remember exactly what and you said you don't like to do rankings of different things
3: right so but i tell you i loved ucla it, it was just it, it was this giant springboard it's, from there everything everything happened and well, you know, it, ucla is just this phenomenal school One hundred nineteen thousand people apply to go to school there every year i mean they, i Nobody can get in anymore. It's just—I mean, <laughs> you have to have like a 4.5 GPA and a perfect SAT score to get into <laughs> UCLA, and well, it's I'll... just phenomenal. You go there; it's just so beautiful, and the construction what they built up in this new Luskin Conference Center—oh my gosh, it, it, it is just uh, Meyer, Meyer Luskin and his wife uh, R- Renny—they just, you know, they donated all this money to build this fantastic. Hotel conference center right next to Pauley Pavilion. It's literally, it's literally fifty feet from Pauley Pavilion. I mean, I wish I lived there. And that's how <laughs> nice it is. It's the nicest hotel I've ever been in in my life, and it's right in the center of UCLA. And, you know, I'm a San Diego guy, right? So. People from San Diego, we look at Los Angeles and say, you know, that's not us. You know, it's too big, it's too dirty, it's too crowded, it's too polluted, the traffic is just awful, you can't get anything done. Sure, it's geographically beautiful, and it's a great business town and everything, but San Diego, that's the perfect place to be. But now when I go to UCLA, I can just drive there in the middle of the night, because you can't get around in California, in Southern California, <laughs> in, the, in the daytime. So you have to drive in the middle of the night. You get there, you park your car underneath, you go, and you're right there in the middle, you never have to get back in your car again you have the time of your life thank you the luskin conference center thank you ucla for my life i'm the luckiest guy in the world
2: well this is a long way of this is a long way of me trying to ask you if, uh, if another ucla guy russell westbrook's having an incredible season this year if you had I a vote
3: russell westbrook
2: for the nba mvp this season do you go westbrook do you go james harden how do you vote
3: i don't get to vote anymore i used to when i played the players voted and then they mm-hmm. switched that to the media. And I, when I was with the media, you know, as a player, I voted every year. And then as a media member, I voted every year. Uh, there's still two weeks to go in the season. And right. I love both of these guys and, and, and what's happening. And, you know, with Russell, you know, his whole life story is what I I live for, I stand for, I believe in. And that's somebody... Making the best of a tough situation. Russell did not grow up like Siku with a silver spoon in his mouth. Come on, man! I mean, this, this was—you know—this was up against it here, coming up through the ranks, and then he gets to UCLA and never really gets to play there much. And and then, but then, because a brilliant leader saw this gem. Who could develop and grow? I mean, and that's the real skill. And who can identify talent as it's coming up? And these, the, the world of entrepreneurship and business that I live in now, I mean, that, 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 that's what everybody is looking for. That you know, Every company you talk to, their challenges right now are work, the workforce, HR. You know, how are we going to get the skilled workers that we need to carry us into the future? And that's what Jerry West, that's what Greg Popovich, that's what Oklahoma City's been able to do. That's what Cleveland is so good at. That's what Danny Yange is just brilliant at right now as the Celtics. Are the Celtics, I haven't looked today. are the Celtics still in first place in the Eastern Conference?
1: Well, they they got knocked out technically okay. Okay. with a loss, but they're hanging around up there okay. still, which but, is
3: great. I mean, incredible. I mean, it's it, Let's just take a diversion and then quickly get me back to uh, uh, Russell MVP, Westbrook. Yeah, because but you know there's all this stuff in the East. You know Washington's having a good year. Celtics, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, at the end of the day, you got to beat LeBron. And in basketball, to win a game, your best player has to beat the other team's best player, regardless of the positions. Because the, the, the best player, they control the flow of your team. And so whether these guys, whether John Wall, whether Isaiah Thomas, or whoever it's going to be, whether they're going to be the guys that can look at LeBron and say, hey, man, I'm better than you. I'm going to take it right to you. Until that happens on the court, LeBron, is you know, he is the cane. The guy is absolutely fantastic. But now let's transition back to Russell. Because, you know, the great thing about basketball, which is the world's most perfect game, <laughs> is that all the lexicon, all the language, you know, all the, the metaphors are perfect for business. You know, transition, fast break, turnaround, change of pace, change of direction, momentum, rhythm, pace, time out. And with Russell Westbrook, his relentless offensive attack. I mean, one of the critical elements of leadership. You know, when you you look at all those things that go into making a great leader, pull the team together, define the terms of the conflict, make them play your game, do what others can't and won't do, lead the relentless offensive attack. And that is Russell Westbrook. And, I'm old enough to remember it wasn't too long ago when people when he was having all those knee operations or people were saying this guy's career's over. He's never gonna be a, he's never gonna be at the top again. Right. And it the NBA is so much about durability. I'm the most injured player ever. And, you know, my body, I was born with structural congenital defects in my feet. I I was born with club feet. I Mm. tore up my knee when I was 14. had to have my first of 37 orthopedic operations. I broke my spine when I was 21. And so I lived with this broken, crippled, wrecked body, and I couldn't get it going. And then in the NBA, you know, you've got to be able to go every day. And you look at guys like Russell and Wilt and Oscar and Kareem and Larry and Magic and Bird and, 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 and Jordan. I said Bird and Larry. Those are the same guys. So, <laughs> uh, and, and then, you know, uh, Sha- Akeem and Ewing and Robinson and Shaq and Duncan and KG and Kobe, and now LeBron, and, and and then you see what the Golden State Warriors have done for the last three years, I and mean, you can easily make the argument that this is the greatest three-year run in history, and, you know, in terms of that level of excellence, and two-time MVP Steph Curry, and then... Uh, it's it just you know one bad week last year at the very end, game five, six, and seven, when the Warriors just stopped playing, couldn't play, and LeBron just said, "Hey man, we're going for this right now." And Kyrie was right with him, and Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love were all right there, and J.R. Smith and all these different guys, Della Devoe or the guy from the you know, the, the Australian Della guy, Doba, Doba, yeah. yeah, yeah, Della Devota. I guess I I, I I'm a stud. anyway. I'm fired up here, but Russell Westbrook.
1: So you take him, Bill, over? You take him over the field? Do you think this year with the the thirty eight triple doubles and counting, and the way he's played, and the way he's lifted that Thunder team?
3: I'm not a stat guy.
1: Yeah, you said I, that. You're not I, a stat guy.
3: I, I'm. A, you know, I I value stats. I value analytics. But what I really value is winning. Mm. And you know what, James what James Harden has got the Houston Rockets in third place in the Western Conference, correct? Right. Right? right. Which is a better conference than the East, and When you live in California, (laughs) California's the greatest place on earth. And, you know, if if the pilgrims had landed just over here on my right (laughs) as I sit here right now, uh, where are you guys? You guys are in Atlanta. You guys are in Georgia. Where are you? Yeah, I'm in in Atlanta,
1: and Lang's in New York. Oh, man. So,
3: like, if the pilgrims had landed just over here on my right— on my left, where you guys are, but quite a ways away, that would all be just one big giant national park. It would all be wilderness and everything, because this is the promised land. But, you know, I I love winning, and, and, and I, you know, we, one of the things that has changed in the media culture, dominated by ESPN, Turner, NBA, this whole world and culture that we live in, and, and, and I experienced, because you mentioned Portland, mm-hmm. and one of the things when as I go around, you know I always talk to the fans and I love to talk to the players and I love to and you know, I love to learn and so when when we played this was lifetimes ago, mm-hmm. you know the everybody in the town, whether it be Portland or Los Angeles or Boston or Philly or Chicago or San Antonio or Houston everybody in that town was a fan of that team right. That has changed, and because of the 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 global nature of the business the the, the fans are choosing because they can watch any team through League Pass, they right. can follow through the internet nba dot com and all the you know, espn dot com and all these great media outlets that allow us to 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 tailor and customize our viewing habits. And I enjoy that because I like to watch winning basketball. I like to watch team basketball. And so I watch the Warriors, and I watch the Spurs, and I watch LeBron, and I like to watch the Celtics too because they're playing better. And But I also notice a gigantic change in that a lot of the young fans, they don't, you know, I ask, okay, who's your favorite team? And I just get a blank stare, and I just get a, you know, a non-answer. Mm-hmm. And they say I don't have a favorite team, but I have a favorite player, and you know, and my favorite player would be Steph Curry or KD or uh, or LeBron or uh, Kawhi Leonard or Russell Westbrook or James Harden or all these fan- or Isaiah Thomas and all these, John Wall, all these fantastic players. And but the culture that I grew up, the culture that I still try to live in, I love the team game, mm-hmm. and and you know, and that's. The, the way the Warriors pass the ball, the way that Steve Kerr is created in Jerry West and Bob Myers and and, and, and all the guys, uh, you know, J- uh, Joe Lacob and Peter Goober. and uh, and then you know down in San Antonio with Popovich and Archie Buford and Peter Holt and everybody, it's just fantastic. And then what's going on in Cleveland right now? People are so happy up in Cleveland. There is it. it, it <laughs> this is what makes it fun for me is to see people being happy because my whole life is the, is the struggle, the challenge, the drive to be happy. And I can be happy right now because the ultimate, the ultimate foundational pillar of happiness is your health. Mm-hmm. And I'm just feeling fantastic
1: well, you sound great, Bill. And
3: I'm fired up. You I'm are, ready yeah. to go. You got the Final Four. You got, I got the <laughs> Final Four. We yeah, got, got the NBA coming. playoffs yeah. over there. We got Lonzo Ball. We got this guy, Fox. I mean, this guy, Fox. That was so fun to watch him play. <laughs> I mean, you know, and then, and then Kentucky beat UCLA. and I'm, I'm a UCLA guy, right? So I always want UCLA to win. But when sure. I watched that game, and I'm thinking to myself, man, Kentucky, they've got better players. Right. They've right. got a better coach. They got a better team. They got a better program. We got our work cut out for us. Right, right.
1: And well, it's it's interesting. You you mentioned uh, California. We'll wrap up here and let you go. But I I've talked to Lang about this before. I've got a, a cousin who lives in the San Diego area, right. who's who's really like an uncle to me because he's older than I am. He lives in Lemon Grove. Oh, and, and if I gro- took you and him and put you in a room, I'd like to see you guys fight it out for who hypes up. California and San Diego more between the, you and Greg Woods. I would love to see that battle.
3: California, the promised land. Yeah, meet me on the burning shore, Knock, knocking on the golden door. We'll rise up to glory. Here we go. Now, Lemon Grove is just over the hill. Right. So, like, if you, like, Los Angeles is really flat. There's a lot of flat land in Los Angeles. That is not the case in San Diego. San Diego is nothing but rolling hills, the coastal plains, the valleys, the mountains, which lead over the, over the top of those to the desert. And there's just everything right here. And Lemon Grove is right over the hill from where I went to high school, Helix mm-hmm. High School. Yes, I've oh been past there. Gosh, where it all started for me. I'm Helix Class of 1970. I remember starting there in 1966. And it was incredible because I had a key to the gym, and I would I would just always down at the gym. It was the best gym in all of San Diego at the time. And it was just a fantastic public school with teachers that I can still remember to this very day. Mm-hmm. But I was you know I was a straight A student, and I was big a big public high school, right? And great neighborhoods, great families, and everything. And mm-hmm. I had a key to the gym, and then the San Diego Rockets came to town as an expansion team, and Elvin Hayes was the guy, and Elvin became my first mentor, and it was absolutely uh, so critically important in my life, because Elvin could not have been nicer. And in the course of my life, all these legends in the NBA have I have always been super nice. Uh, and, uh, but it started with Elvin Hayes, and he was so positive and so encouraging and so nurturing, and, and it just he, he made me feel like I was already part of the NBA. And then when I got to meet Wilt, just a, a year or two later, because when Wilt came down to San Diego, he saw me play and he looked at me after the game and he said, Billy, that was a great game. And uh, we'll see you up here in the NBA really soon. And then that transferred. and And, 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 and I made the, the, progression up to UCLA and, and got to spend so much of my uh, uh, UCLA days with Jerry West and with Chick Hearn and with Wilt and Bill Sharman and Chasey Jones were the coaches. And, 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 and the way they all treated me as just a little young guy and they had no idea that that, you know, that was my dream. And, and, and my dreams were able to come true, but those dreams all come from the interpersonal relationships. And when I said earlier, I think this was today, I can't remember, I have no (laughs) idea, but when when Bill Russell would play, and I would watch him play, and the impact, the impact that he had on my life, the impact that he had on the game, and as we salute the greatness of Bill Russell... As we salute, you know, who who had so many of the NCAA records uh, that are going to be celebrated this this weekend in Phoenix with the Final Four, that were ultimately broken by John Wooden, and I got to be a part of that, and Kareem, and all the different incredible legends. Sidney Wicks, the greatest college forward that I ever saw. If you you guys are not old enough to have seen Sidney Wicks play, but this guy. Was and he never gets mentioned. But this guy was over the top, incredible. Sidney Wicks, check him out. He won three NCAA championships. He was the foundational pillar of two of them by himself. The first one, he was a, a, a role player with Kareem. As every player who ever played with Kareem was a role player with <laughs> right. Kareem. But to, to have it all start and to have, and to have all these guys who impacted Little Billy with his red hair and his freckles and his big nose and his goofy, nerdy-looking face and his horrendous <laughs> speech impediment. But to, to, have, to have that force, to have that shining light, that beacon of hope on the horizon that I could look to and that their kindness toward me later on. And when I see, when I go out... And I see the James Hardens and the Russell Westbrooks and the LeBrons and the Steph Currys and the Klay Thompsons and the uh, Isaiah Thomases and, uh, and, and the Kevin Durant. When I see those guys interact with the fans and I see them extend that open hand of kindness and say, yeah, we've got something really great here. Won't you come with us? Won't you be part of us? It, it, it's so very similar to, to, to being a part of the Grateful Dead and that, and that <laughs> spark in life as we try to figure out how we're going to move forward, how we're going to cross that bridge over the troubled waters, how we're going to be the fire on the mountain. It takes all you got just to stay on the beat. and Please, God, don't let me die there's so much more to do and i've still got to figure out why there are two carolinas
1: (laughs) awesome bill walton joining us on the hang time podcast we appreciate you so much listen enjoy the final four in the rest of this season we we hope to catch up with you at some point during the playoffs in the future when maybe luke walton has the lakers in the postseason
3: we can only hope Thank you, man. Thank Matthew. you, sir. Please save us. Please save the Lakers. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate it. I'm the Thank luckiest you, guy in the world. Lang, Siku, here we go. We are on our way. Good and happy everything forever to you guys. Thanks for making me happy. Thanks for making my dreams come true. Thanks for putting a smile on my face. Here Do we well. go. Thank you,
1: sir. We appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. I feel like I should have wanted a dashiki and some Ooh. Birkenstocks to talk to Bill. <laughs> Walton. that, that is a trip that like literally that's a trip into outer space, man. He's got so
2: much. I feel like going the, on the, the, the mothership just landed. I, I got to, you know, he's awesome. I got to take hey. off this tie dye shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what a long, strange trip. It's been the, the paperback though. The book, um, the books awesome, man. Yeah, I read it and
1: I was like, yeah. you know, I really did enjoy it. Um, he's lived a wild life. I'll tell you this. If you see a San Diego number pop up on your phone late at night, Lang, I got it. Just wanting to for... chat, be careful. <laughs> is all I'm gonna tell you. You might be up for a while.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, good luck to your cousin getting the word in with Bill. Oh, listen, he's Mr. Sandy.
1: They both ought to be working for the Chamber of Commerce, the way they brag on on San Diego weather and the way they subtly jab at L.A. compared to San Diego, which I love. It's like, but you know what? He raises a really interesting question. Uh, I do have to go back and, I mean, it's been a while since I had a history class. I do need to find out why there are two Carolinas.
2: Yeah, but I don't. I mean, good luck getting me to read that book about the migration of people to Oregon <laughs> that he
1: was talking about. Well, listen. If if we can't find out from Bill Walton, who's the who's the other smartest, trippiest person we know? It's
2: John Schumann. Got to be, got to be John Schumann. What's the
1: Schumanns, that Fellas, what's up? We're good. Man? All right.
4: So we have some more uh, playoff trivia. We've talked about players in the past. Now we're going to talk about teams.
1: So we're not talking um, Lakers and Knicks, then? They're out. They're out.
4: <laughs> well, that's, that's sort of what we're talking about. The uh, the uh, Sacramento Kings today could be eliminated with if the uh, Portland Trail Blazers win on Thursday wait, night.
1: Whoa, wait, wait, wait. The Kings would be officially eliminated from the playoffs. Wait a minute. They're not already eliminated? No. No. The only teams
4: eliminated in the West are the Suns and the Lakers. But let's grief. just assume the Kings get eliminated eventually. Okay, it'll be their eleventh straight season without the playoffs. Let's also assume that the Minnesota Timberwolves get ev- uh, eliminated eventually. They, they they're like maybe three three or three three games away from uh, being official eliminated. Elimination. Okay, official elimination. That would be their thirteenth straight Jeez. season without the playoffs. Wow. So here is your trivia question: What? Three Other three franchises
1: mm-hmm.
4: have had double-digit streaks of no playoffs.
1: In their history? Like in history in their or history. currently?
4: Wow. In their history. Those are the only two that are current double digit But what
1: other three franchises have had them in their history?
4: Right. Clippers, correct. The longest streak in NBA history without the playoffs, 15 years from wow. 1977 to 1991. Unbelievable. Golden State Warriors? Correct. Twelve from ninety-five to two thousand six. <sighs> mm-hmm. One more about the franchise? Cleveland That's
1: had double digits. No, not Cleveland.
2: Double Cleveland's digits. longest was seven years. Hmm. I was
1: thinking of the. What steady. about the? Haw- I'm. This is not. This is not an answer. Hold but, on, Line, what about the Hawks? No, I'm saying if they had a double-digit huh. stretch. Seriously, Lane. So. I don't believe so. You would know this. I mean, you should know if anybody I, knows. I
2: did. That's why I didn't say it.
1: The longest the Hawks' longest streak was was. Eight
4: years. Eight, okay. Two thousand to two thousand
2: seven. It's when they put Seku on the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: raised him I raised him from the dead, shoot. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh oof. last one. Look I'll give you a clue. Be. It's another
4: it's another Western Conference franchise.
1: Oof trying to think who's been like deplorable at some stretch.
2: It's also got to be a team that has been around for a long time, right? You know, I mean, at least
1: yeah, sort of. Although this is one of the newer, well, I, yeah,
4: I guess it's just a, it's an, it's not like one of the expansion teams during during like the last, you know, from in the nineties, but it's mm-hmm. a it's the most recent expansion team before that. Man, uh, I'll tell you the other clue is that they've had a pretty good stretch the last. Fifteen years, uh, so basically the second best stretch over the last fifteen years. Right, Dallas, Dallas, correct.
1: Yeah. Went ten years from ninety one to two thousand without the playoffs. You know what? That was, the, I was that was the, that was the Tony Braxton dark days, right? <laughs> after Tony Braxton blew up the team. No, I'm serious.
2: They can finally breathe again, isn't
1: it? A- <laughs> <laughs> that was after R and B songstress Tony Braxton tore the fabric. Of a team apart, I could see that happening. She was, she was at her zenith then. I, I was I'd have fought both yeah. of you for Tony Braxton in nineteen ninety
2: one. I was thinking the Grizzlies so, maybe. Uh, let's
4: see, Grizzlies no long because, because
1: eight. yeah because they've been they eight. moved um but remember they were going to the playoffs and just getting bounced in the first round never won a game yeah yeah they, they
4: started were, they started their existence with eight straight years out of the playoffs you know, nice. from Vancouver to Memphis they went uh, eight straight years so but it's interesting though like the five franchises that have had double-digit streaks are all Western Conference
1: teams. That's, that is interesting. Um, I, you know what? And the weird thing is, there are kids, damn millennials, they are kids who watch this game now, and if you told them the Warriors haven't been good forever, they'd laugh at you. Because think about it. For a kid who's been paying attention to the NBA really hard for the last few years, the Warriors have been killing it. They've, you know, they're working on another 60-win yeah. season. So if you told them, man, I remember when the Warriors stink, and they'd be like, "What are you talking about?"
4: And I heard they're like head and shoulders above the rest of the league as far as you know the way they run their franchise too. Like I heard somebody <laughs> said something
1: like that. Don't start any mess around here, <laughs> shoe. We got enough problems. <laughs>
4: All right. So on the on the other end of that, mm-hmm. what two franchise? What what franchise has had has never gone two years without making the playoffs?
1: Wow. Never gone more than two years without making the playoffs. Never
4: gone two years. Never gone more than one without making the playoffs. Sheesh!
2: More than one should be an
4: easy one.
1: Should be an easy one. I don't, well, remember, I don't remember if the Spurs were that good before free Duncan. They're good enough.
4: San Antonio hmm.
1: Spurs. Wow! Have never gone more than one year without making the play. Even when they were in the ABA. Really? That's incredible. Yeah. Iceman, baby. Yeah. That's when. That's back and, when. That's back when we had some ducats on this thing, Lane. Like.
4: And who, here's a fun one: the,
1: the 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 other franchise, the next franchise
4: with the shortest streak. You know, the shortest longest streak. Right, mm-hmm. this team was out of the playoffs for three years, and that's their longest longest streak in their existence.
2: Boston. Nope. Oh. I was thinking the Lakers.
4: Boston had a six-year stretch. Wow! The playoffs. When did Lakers. They- Lakers are now they're currently, right.
2: fourth,
4: if this is their fourth straight without the playoffs. So right. this, they just sort of fell out of that three-year stretch.
1: Uh, Who would be the three-year?
4: And the three years for this franchise were its first three years of existence. And since then, it's been a it's it's only had a little a
1: short two uh, years. Eastern or Western Conference?
4: Eastern Conference. Miami. Miami, correct. Good
1: call. Miami. Pat Riley, baby. Right.
4: And longest, I, longest current streaks with the playoffs. Spurs. Spurs 10, number and twenty. Hawks.
1: Hawks
4: number have nine. Yes, this year would be ten if they could uh, hold will on be. for Blame, right. no. Blame me
1: for that, Lang. It started with me on the on the watch. I was in the, I was Paul Revere back then, baby. I was running around telling people.
4: Next after that, you think you got to guess?
1: After that, uh, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait! Let me look at this.
4: Right now, it's a tie because one team tied another with by clinching already this year, but the other team can still can can get back into
1: uh, the third longest streak if they uh, clinch. Don't tell me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Western Conference team?
4: Yes, two Western Conference teams. Right. All right, I'll give you. I'll give you a hint. The Clippers just hit their sixth straight. They have clinched, so mm-hmm. this is their sixth straight year in the playoffs. Another right. team has had six straight. And can possibly have a seventh
1: straight this year. Can't be the Thunder because they missed one year. Houston? Nope. Nope. Not Houston. Rockets have clinched uh, number five straight. That's five. five straight. What about let's see. the Grizzlies? Grizzlies, yeah, correct. That's right. They have They've been, been in
4: six straight, and this will be seventh straight if they uh, they hold on. Shout out to my so name, right, man, Lionel Hollins
1: they're in good shape. Yeah. But, uh, huh. yeah. You know 37th pe- for the Grizz. I'm serious. these these are questions to me that you I, w- I wouldn't even have fath, you know, I'd have never fathom the Hawks would be in this position. You know, when I started covering them all those years ago, like but it tells you, shoot, just how delicate that balance is. Like once you get rolling, yeah, you know. And a also, decade I mean, of the tells- Hawks going to the playoffs, that's crazy. Yeah, but like it also
4: accepts like like, Lang, would you, like, throw away seven straight years of playoffs for, like, one year, one championship and six years of fertility? Or, or would, is, is, like, do you value getting to the second round a bunch of times? And, and, you know, having that, you know, having that, you know, thrill or whatever of those, you know, one month of playoffs, even if you don't win the... Well, we talked the about game. this earlier,
2: and I, and I told Sekou, like, I, you know, having been through that eight years of not making the playoffs or whatever it was, like, I... I don't, I don't. It's not fun. That's not good. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather go to the playoffs. I'd rather have a shot at the playoffs.
1: Well, you don't have to worry about missing the playoffs, Lang. I, I cured all that when I started covering the Hawks. Um, <laughs> now they go every year. So send my check. I'll give you my address. Um, thanks, you. All right, fellas. Appreciate, appreciate you, fella, as always with the Schumann step. And speaking of uh, thanks, somebody no should boy. be giving thanks for bragging rights this week because your boy is back.
0: It's time for bragging rights
3: as the guys put their rep on the line.
0: Two in one week for Seku.
1: Hey, hey, it's, it's not over until the fat lady is singing. And, and that's
0: not the important part. And right oh, now and she's just week. warming up. She's just oh, warming three up. three week for Lang.
1: He's brutal. I mean, he's brutal. He's like his hawks. He was in a tailspin. What are you going to do?
0: Really, really bombed <laughs> it out last week. Got two weeks left. Both Seku and Lang are at 28 and 22. Let's go. So this week. We've got some giant games on Friday night. Spurs-Thunder, Rockets-Warriors, but we're not going to do either of those. What? We're going to do Wizards at Jazz. <laughs>
1: oh, not making this
0: easy these last two weeks. I see.
1: Uh, uh, I'll go Utah. Uh, Wiz- Wiz- Wizards had a nice West, Co- West Coast road trip. They-, they play with a little fire. I'm going Wizards.
0: Okay, then we're going to Sunday, another big day. Jazz at Spurs, Wizards at Warriors. These are both great games. We're not going to do either of those. <laughs> we're going to do Nuggets at Heat.
2: Mm. Oh, it's mm. a Sunday game in Miami.
0: Yes, on NBA TV.
2: At what time? Denver has Six the o'clock, night off. I think. Oh, see, Denver has the previous night off in uh, Miami. Adios, uh, Denver. I young the Miami team, heat. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be taking the Miami. I'm heat. going with the L Heat.
0: And we're taking the home court advantage for the Heat. They're oh, going to go to. Tuesday night, ESPN, Bucks at Thunder. Mm.
1: Thunder, that's a good game. That's a really good game. I'm going, I'm going with the Bucks. Let's see if Malcolm Brogdon. No, tonight. I'm going with the Thunder. Mm. I, I can't, I can't cheat Russ out of. No, I got to go with the Thunder.
0: We're gonna note you were wishy-washy on that. So I, was good. I was, I was John on that. Comes and scores thirty and Brogdon locks down Westbrook. Well, uh, <laughs> be able to point out how you should have stuck to your guns.
1: <laughs> no question. Um, listen, I don't even know how to say this other than to say we we truly appreciate Bill Walton's time here on the Time Podcast. It was an experience that no one should ever take for granted. Um, always got some love for our man John Schumann with the Schumann stat. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes. Be sure to leave a crazy, rambling review like the one we just did the interview with Bill Walton, which should go down in the annals of uh, Hangtime Podcast history is one of the greatest ever. New episodes every Thursday this season right here on the Hangtime Podcast. we see you right here next week. Later.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata!